Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. As ever, joined by Matt Stevens. Matt, stage five is in the bag, the cobblestone stage. We're just actually driven past the entrance of the Arenberg Forest as we're yeah. leaving the stage finish area. I think it's probably worth, before we talk about the how, I, how iconic Arenberg is and where the finish was, about where we are podding. Um, okay, we're podding in a moving car. Um, the second moving vehicle we've potted in. We've got a pelly case between us. It's almost like we're travelling in business class, isn't it? We've got our own little uh, cubicles. Yes, we um, are. You're not at, facing me, though, are you? No, I'm not facing you. But I'm it is much like business class, because I like to travel in my pants in business class. Yeah, I mean, it's been a hot day, and you are just... You're just not, not, not be funny with it. You've, you've had your jeans off, and you're in your pants. I am, because my jeans are dusty. So yep. I'm just sat in the back seat, because we've got a couple of hours drive. I thought, yep. I'm going to sit in my pants for a bit. Why not? And, um, and reminisce on... Well, maybe reminisce on today's stage. It was... As epic, you said, it? it was it was epic. We we talked about it last night with Bernie. What we thought, uh, I was chatting to Steve Cummings ahead of the stage from Ineos today, and um, nobody really knew what was going to happen. But I did think that we'd we'd have some winners and some losers, obviously, be, just because of the very nature of, of today's stage. But did you expect it to be quite as disruptive and chaotic and um, no. unpredictable as that? No, I think I said last night. I think there'll be twenty riders arrive at the finish. Um, which wasn't too far off. I mean, we had the breakaway and then we had that group sort of um, behind, but I didn't think, I thought it would pan out a little bit like it did a couple of years ago when um, Tony Martin won the stage, I think it was, um, or Tony Martin took yellow. I can't remember quite how it happened. Um, But I didn't think, maybe because of the start we'd had in Denmark and the lack of, the lack of... um, uh, excitement, I think, in those stages, other than obviously, yeah, there was bits of excitement, but I mean, you know, there was no, we didn't have the drama like we had today, um, but we had it all today from the moment Walt Van Aert crashed early on in the stage. Yep. I think they were always on the back foot from that point on, and it created a nervousness because if the yellow jersey goes down, anyone can go down, and I think I think that put a, a nervousness in the peloton. Yeah, we had Peter Sagan go down as well, we had Machi van der Poel on an off day. And we've had a couple of sad withdrawals from the race. There was a, an exit from a roundabout where one of the straw bales, the crash barrels, I don't know if you saw this, Brad. I didn't see this. There was a, um, one of the crash barrels, you know, they're like straw wrapped in. Yes. Did that a, come out into the road? Yeah, well, it was just dangling in the road a little bit and a little bit of plastic. Rolich hit it, didn't he? Uh, Rolich hit it. Uh, Caleb Ewan hit it. Um, the Australian from uh, Bahrain, victorious Jack Haig hit it. He's out the race. Right. So he's gone. Roglic dislocated his shoulder popped it back in uh, Caleb Ewan did get back in I, I believe as well but that what we saw then and I think it was really quite telling wasn't it that we saw a couple of riders drop back for Roglic but not straight away but but we saw uh, Vingigo who was who was caught who had well actually so much happened it's difficult to get it in any order Vingigo had a puncher had he, to have a bike change. I heard all this on the radio yeah. in my helmet, but obviously I don't see the images. So He, had to, he got mm. on Nathan Van Hoydonk's bike. You know how tall Nathan Van yeah. Hoydonk is? And was essentially riding just out the saddle. Then he got another bike check, uh, bike change. That was also too mm. big and eventually got his own one back. Uh, and he was chasing for a long time, eventually got back on. Um, but uh, what a what a bit of riding by Wout Van Aert today. Um, but uh, Roglic was left to his own devices, but there was four and four. Um, and ultimately, Roglic, Roglic conceded 2.36. Yeah, today. yeah. So where did he concede to uh, prim, um, Tadej Pogacar? So about just under two, about 150. Yeah. Approximately. These are approximately. That's a big get. loss to take early on. Yeah, it, it's absolutely massive. Actually, I've got the, the G. So it's obviously 
the uh, and, uh, well, just on Rolich we'll know that you know dislocating your shoulder G did it last year it's no easy thing of just popping it back in there'll be a massive inflammation now and, and um, he's going to struggle the next few days yeah I mean we don't know I haven't got any information about how he is but clearly he was able to ride pretty hard but they were losing yeah. time all the time because of how aggressive um, things were up front but but Brad explain you know we knew today luck was going to play into it and several riders fell as, as we knew they did but in a racing situation, we saw Tali Pogaccio riding on the front. He didn't ride on the front immediately, but it, it is just one of those things, isn't it, that, that happens in, in a race, especially yeah. in that sort of environment, because a few people say, oh, is he maybe taking advantage? But I think it's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's what that stage's inclusion is, is for. Yeah. You know, and I, I think you have to look that if the shoe was on the other foot, would they have backed off? I mean, ultimately, that's why these stages are in there. They're not there that if anyone has bad luck, then we kind of call a truce. No, it, it's part and parcel of winning the Tour de France is you have to come through all this. And um, Pogaccio puts himself in the right place all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. With the, and let's face it, he hasn't got a stronger, a stronger team as Primoz Rodlich, has he? It showed today a little bit, didn't it, as well? Um, and yet he's still there. And, and when you don't have a team and a protection of... Um, the likes of you know what what Rolich has with the Yumba Visma around him, he kind of has to take it on himself in the veil of Eddie Merckx and these guys. So it's um, you know hats off to him. He is this. I, I said on French TV afterwards. I did the, the for our French colleagues TV afterwards. I said, you know, what can he not do? It's incredible, isn't it? Um, because as he's shown now, was he third in the prologue? Um, yep. You know he's up there today. Um, I'm sure we'll see him take the yellow jersey on Friday. I can't see him anything. So he's he's safely through. I tell you who did a good ride today as well. Grind Thomas. Yeah, it was good. Good, good to solid. see Grind get yeah. back through. And um, he was he was back. He Adam was in Yates. The, yeah, well, Geraint fell off and re remounted. He was in the front group, fell off. Yates, I spoke to at the finish. Mm. He said that was just utter chaos. But they're, they're now Pidcock, Yates, and Geraint Thomas are yeah. eighth, ninth, and tenth overall. Great. You know, um, within just a few seconds of Vingegaard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few seconds as well as, as uh, Taddy Pogaccia, who just stole a few more. So in the end, they did actually close the gap considerably. I think it was around 12 seconds at the end where they closed it. But, uh, but, but like you say, what, what can't Taddy Pogaccia do? His instinct when Jesper Sturven attacked in the closing stages yeah. for Trek, we know what, what he's like on the pave. Um, but he was able to ride across to him, and they actually formed a pretty decent alliance. But there were so many teams behind wanting to chase. But it's going to put the frighteners up. I mean, yeah. with each race that happens, because he's still so young, we, we discover something new. He's like just peeling the skin of an onion. He's just so, so talented, isn't he? Yeah. Also, special mention to Nairo Quintana. Yes. Good yeah. ride from him today. He actually always performs well on the cobbles. He had a lot too. To be, you've got to take your hats off to uh, Arkea. They have Ho they had Hofstetter up there as well. They had about yeah. four or five riders in that front group, so he's uh, he didn't lose too much time at all. I think he's finished in that front group with a few of the sprinters. Jakobsen was up there in the end, wasn't he? Yeah. After a bit, they're falling back a little bit. But uh, uh, disappointment for Chris Froome actually. He lost a lot of time today, didn't he? Yeah. Um, he, he was in trouble from early on, I think, with getting delayed with crashes or behind crashes. But um, yeah, he looked happy at the finish because obviously the winner of the day was his teammate Simon Clark. I mean, yeah. what? Fully deserved. Yeah, I mean, I I did bump into, I mean, this was maybe 10, 15 minutes after the finish, bumped into Chris, had a word with him. Um, and you can actually see the full interview on Eurosport's Instagram. But he was, he looked drained, he looked tired, but he looked overjoyed because it's a significant win for the team. It's their first Tour de France victory. 
Um, although he didn't play a significant part in it, the, the, the joy was plain to see because he's a... Chris has had it tough, hasn't he? Now, he still remains, to me anyway, and I think within that squad, otherwise he wouldn't be there, although he has a three-year contract. Quite a talismanic uh, figure. He's a presence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and he was overjoyed. So, And also, Clark, Simon Clark, beginning, I think it was back end of January or February, he still hadn't got a contract. Really? And, and um, he was looking at, at quitting because he'd been part of Quebec yeah. at Assos last year. Yeah. Um, and they threw him a lifeline. He got a ride, and he's, he's still apparently in a state of disbelief, but it was a really late bike throw. What about yeah. Taco van der Horn as well? Yeah, um, I was rooting for both of them, actually. I'm a fan of both those guys. And um, Ed Volbersenhagen went long, didn't he? But, yeah, And he Simon, I mean, he, he really was pulling out on Edvald's will, but it was a... Uh, you could see they were all tying up and cramping It wasn't really a sprint. It was no. amazing because actually it was a Nielsen Paulus that went with 1,100 metres to go. Yes. He opened up a gap. Yeah. And then it was like a, just a drag race and you could see they were absolutely Drained, on the they? limit, weren't They'd they? They'd been out there all day and hats off to that break considering oh, how yeah. fast the peloton was riding. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another special mention to um, the Dane, Magnus, Magnus Court. Magnus Court Nielsen, yeah, yeah. Another, another, he's been in the break every day. Um, that's quite something, that, wasn't it? So... Uh, yeah, it all happened today. And um, Van Aert, after his early crash, kept the, the yellow jersey, jersey didn't kept he? Kept the yellow jersey. Just going to double-check just the situation at the top of the rankings after today. So, yeah, Van Aert still leads. Paulus catapults himself up into second place. Bosnagen in third. Pogaccia at 19 seconds. But as I said before, the Vingo uh, seventh at 40. Then you have Yates, Pidcock and Thomas. So it's still very close. Pull up the uh, green jersey stats, Matt. Let's have a look at the green jersey stats. Um, Van Aert. In both classifications, so Van Aert, 178 points. So 178 points. Do you know Mark Cavendish won the Green Jersey competition with 326 last year? Wow. So in five stages, he's amassed 176 points. Um, you, you can imagine by Saturday, by the first weekend of the race, he's going to be on 200. And, you know, he's almost... Um, almost halfway there to um, Mark incredible. Cavendish's tally oh, from really, three weeks last year that, that's that's quite amazing yeah and when you look at like tomorrow's stage or when this goes out as it will be today's stage um, with that hit that hilly finish as well that kick up to the line in in um, Planche de Belfi or tomorrow no, tomorrow's stage week. Yeah, long week long yeah. week uh, yeah. with that kick up to the finish that 1.6k climb at 6% that's going to be you, you can't Van Aert again you know uh, yes yeah. Van Aert um Jakobsen, he's quite good on uphill sprint, isn't he? But I, 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 I can't. Again, depending how he pulls up from his crash today, Van Aert, which I imagine he'll be okay because he yeah. was there in the final. You know, you wouldn't put it past him to win another stage. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but lots of tired bodies tomorrow, I think, and lots yeah. of uh, people licking their wounds. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, a lot has happened, isn't it? As you say, slow burn, great opening few stages in Denmark. But for me now, with that sprint stage behind us, or well, that wasn't even a sprint stage that Van Aert won, the, the race has truly, to me, come to life. It has. So I was thinking today, Matt, um, we have Paris-Roubaix, and for obvious reasons, people choose that. We have specialists for that race. You kind of have to think, after the start we had with the potential damage that could have been caused on the bridge, we had a rainy prologue, We've got our first summit finish on Friday in this race. Um, as much as of a spectacle as the cobbled stages are to the viewers and to us, and, and that we see the carnage it causes, and we see the damage it does to people that prepare for this race all year long. And I ask the question, is it, is it a necessity to have one stage like this in the first week, along with everything else that we have, that is so specific and so, um, so much for a specialist that 
I mean, we could argue, yes, that Tade comes through it and the best riders, all riders around riders come through it, but there is a lot of luck involved, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And um, I'm, I say I'm torn. I think as a spectacle, um, it's amazing. Um, I think it, it adds a little bit of spice to proceedings. Not that the Tour de France really needs spice, but it just, and they don't, certainly don't, don't do it every year. But I, I, for one, I really like it. I, I think it creates a lot of stress. Uh, but as a spectacle, it's it's absolutely spectacular. It's a wonderful advert for the sport. But I, I temper that with the fact that I completely understand why some pros might not want to ride it. And that, you know, we, we all knew heading into today's stage, and I said it, that one or two riders will, will lose their GC hopes and one or two riders will be going home because they'll have crashed. And it happens. every So... And that doesn't normally happen on any on, on every on any road stage. You might be, get lose a little bit of time, but generally speaking, um, luck doesn't play such a big a part. Mm. And there's only so much room on those roads, and you've got such a mix of abilities. But also, I think this new landscape that we, we talk about so often, this new style of racing, and the new protagonists coming to the fore, that the guys that are winning the Grand Tours and the Classics are increasingly complete riders. Yeah. And Tadej Pogacar is a is a complete rider, as is yeah. Wout van Aert. Um, but so I'm, I, I like it, but I do understand uh, riders who maybe don't. And I think, like, uh, when you look at Jumbo Visma today, they'll be thinking, oh, my God, this, this shouldn't, be, shouldn't be in the race. But they've still got the jersey. Vingegaard's still in with a shout. But, boy, that must have been a ridiculously stressful yeah. stage for that squad. On the other hand, I feel like we've been robbed of a pogacar Rolich battle up Quite where the Tour is, is most famous for on the climbs and yep. Plans de Belfi through a dislodged hay bale. So, no, I, mate, I'm, I'm and I think that that's kind of where we have to sort of draw the line here is that Rolic hasn't been distanced today on legs. He's been distanced by misfortune of no making of his own. Yeah. Um, and quite horrendously as well, yeah. because we've lost another rider in Jack Haig through um, hay bells that have to be put on road furniture at certain sectors as it narrows down, etc., etc. So it's it's you have to ask the question is today's racing and the style of racing and the, how fast the sport is and how competitive the sport is. Um, it ultimately, it causes misfortune to, to the likes of Rolic, who's been robbed yeah. maybe yet again, as he did last year with yeah. the crash with the, of course, the sign that the spectator had. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that bit wasn't on the on the uh, on the actual pave, but it was on road furniture. And as you said, there was stress all day long. It, all day long, riders were being told by their mm. DSs, stay near the front, stay near the front. And back to my chat with Steve-O at the start, Steve Cummings at the start. He said, the way we've got to ride this, he said, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We are going to try and do something. We've got riders assigned, everybody's assigned a particular rider and a role. But he said, what we've got to try and do is stay together. And every, every team, but you, there's only so long you can do that for. So yeah. you just try and stay in formation for as long as you can. And if every team's staying that, that's what you get. You get this build up, this momentum and the speed and the stress going into very, very challenging technical um, environments. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. So that's it for the podcast today. Um, Join me and Matt tomorrow with stage six and we'll be bringing you all the highlights and action of that day. Thank you for listening.